0: Welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori D. Simone. I'm your host, Tori D. Simone. And if you guys are not watching this on YouTube, you actually have to go over to my YouTube channel this very second and look at the podcast studio that I'm currently building. Okay. Um, Ah, you guys. So I am building out a new podcast studio. I say new as if I had one previously. I didn't. I used to like to say that I had one previously, but um, I didn't. I always just sat at my desk and recorded. And if you guys could see the setup right now, it is like, um, it's like a mess. But I'm trying to make it work. Um, But I'm in the middle of creating a podcast studio. So it is a work in progress. Um, And I would love some suggestions to like spice it up a little bit. Yesterday, my mom and I were going crazy, like, okay, what should we do with the walls and the lighting and then this and then that you guys were honestly would be like a mess if I showed you guys the behind the scenes. Uh, Maybe I'll make a TikTok of it. But um, I'm really liking the beginning stages of how it's looking. And I love this chair. I actually got it on Amazon. So I can link this down below. Um, but I also need some color. I'm like looking at the screen like I'm in a white sweatshirt with a white blanket on in a white chair against a white wall. Okay, Tori, let's Let's not call that a podcast studio. Um, But anyway, I hope you guys are watching this on YouTube. If you're not, I will link it down below. If you're driving or just on your walk and whatever, listening to it, then just at some point today, go check out my YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there. We're almost 2,000 subscribers. And um, yeah, but this is the work in progress of the middle of my podcast studio. So if you guys have like the eye for fashion interior design, a keen sense of style. I need help, but I need suggestions. Like what should I be doing to this space to give it some color, give it some life. And, um, yeah, like what should, what should, what should the vibe be? It's like a physical manifestation of everything that we talk about on this show. So I feel like the vibe has to be right. Um, so yeah, let me know, let me know what you guys think. But so far I'm in the middle of the studio and um, it's really fun. So, Happy Manifest Monday, guys. I hope you guys are having an amazing start to the week. I hope you're having a great Monday so far. Um, just a couple quick housekeeping things. Number one, um, The Power of Now is the next book for the Manifest Book Club. If you guys don't know what the Manifest Book Club is, it is a virtual book club that comes out the last Thursday of every month. So this is episode two of the Manifest Book Club. Last month's book was The Untethered Soul. And this one is uh, The Power of Now, which is pretty much like the application of The Untethered Soul. And I am absolutely loving the book. And that episode comes out November 30th with a special guest. Really excited to dive into that with that episode. But be on the lookout for that. I'll link the book down below. Speaking of books, the day that I'm recording this is Tuesday, November 7th. And if you guys are in the fantasy world, then you know that this date has been long awaited because today is the day that Iron Flame came out. I pre-ordered it on my Kindle. I woke up this morning. There it was. And then I opened my Kindle. 838 pages. You guys, I'm not okay. 838 pages. How do people read books that are 838 pages? Fourth wing was what, 550, something like that. I was drained by the end of it. Same with the Nightingale, 500 plus page book. By the end of those two books, I felt like a 300 page book was 10 pages, 10 pages. Now I open this up. 838 pages, 300 more pages than the last book. And I know, like today, it's now 11 a.m., Tuesday, November 7th. I know people have already done that book. Not me. I also saw a TikTok the other day that was like, let's not make reading the next hustle culture. And I am subscribing to that because I see all these book talkers who I love. And they're like, I read 12 books in October. Here's what they are. I'm like, how? how are you reading 12 books? Maybe I'm a slow reader because my mom is a very fast reader. Like she will read one book a day. Like she's just very fast. Um, but like genuinely, how do these people do it? How do these people do it? If I read three books a month, I feel on top of the world. Um, so yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Iron Flame, 838 pages. My Kindle told me it would take like 21 hours to read. Um, Yeah, so I feel like I'm gonna be reading this book until 2024, but it's also a book that like I don't really wanna fly through and I kinda wanna sit with it for a little bit because there is so much that goes on in those books. So I'm gonna need some time. So if you guys are also in the endeavor with me and reading Iron Flame, please let me know in the comments down below because I feel like we can be each other's support group. We can be there for one another. So you just let me know. Now I know it's what, like three, four, five minutes into this episode and I brought up TikTok, I don't know, 12 times at this point. So let's just like keep talking about TikTok because it's something that I, this is a topic that I'm seeing a lot on TikTok and let's dive into it. So, okay. There is this girl who posted a TikTok essentially on how she has no life outside of work because she's commuting and she's post-grad. This is her first job. And this TikTok that she posted, I saw the original like two, three weeks ago. Um, and it's getting a lot of traction and a lot of kind of negative traction too. And it's pretty much people just being like, Gen Z complaining and like, yeah, that's life. Welcome to the real world. And I wanted to contribute some positivity to this conversation and bring light to working, especially from like a post... I know I didn't go to like college. So whenever I say the words postgrad, people are always like, you literally don't have any room to talk about this because you do not have postgrad. But I mean, I kind of do because... I graduated from school like I graduated from high school and I started working full time. That's post-grad, is it not? So, I mean, it's not traditional, but it's still whatever. I'm not going to get into the the nitty gritty of it. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk about a life outside of work and to and to be a person outside of work and like not to be defined by your job and by your career. So I kind of wanted to bring positivity to this conversation because I feel like there's a lot of judgment around it and there doesn't need to be because I think underneath of it, there is a human experience that we all have that I think we could all agree upon. So I I want to dive into that today. It is dooming to think that life nowadays is to work. Like once you graduate college, you're done school, whether it's high school, you go to college, you go to trade school, whatever it is, like after you're done, your quote unquote schooling. What precedes that is work because work is how you pay your bills. And it feels very much so like now you work and you live for the weekends and you live for your vacations. And that is simply not a life like to live for the weekends and to live for your vacations. That's not a life. That's like scraping by. That's like surviving. And do you want to be thriving or do you want to be surviving? Sometimes it feels like you don't have a choice, but this episode is kind of here to inspire and empower you to create the time and to create that choice for yourself. So, living for the weekends and living for vacations, it's not a life. It's very robotic. And quite frankly, it's inhuman. And I think we can all acknowledge and agree on a few things when it comes to working. Number one is that we need money to live, obviously. And every time I bring up money on this podcast, I feel like it's very crass and taboo. And it shouldn't be because it's a human experience. Like to go on and talk as if money isn't like, you need money to like go to dinner. You need money to buy groceries. You need money to have a roof over your head. Like all these basic things like to eat, to sleep, to live, like you need money to, to eat, to sleep, to live. And that's kind of crazy. So I don't like to think that it's like crass to talk about money, but it kind of feels like it is. Anyway, we need money to live. The second thing is that the ways in which we get money, we would like to enjoy it. So I would rather spend my time and energy on a job or a career that feels aligned with who I am, that I feel passionately about, and that I feel good with what I believe rather than doing a job that I hate, which is why personally I have chosen and I'm very fortunate enough to have gone the entrepreneur route, which may seem really glamorous like from the other side of things, but I can assure you it is not as glamorous as it looks or even as it sounds. Um, But at the end of the day, I do work for myself and that in and of itself really does fill me up and I'm really grateful for that. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to Indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. And the third thing that I think we can all kind of acknowledge and agree on is that there is so much pressure to find a dream job. And I kind of want to talk about this for a little bit because this is a topic that I discuss a lot with my friends and I also see this conversation on the internet quite frequently. The pressure to know what you want to do and have that established and figured out in your early 20s, especially when you have the traditional post-grad, 22, 23 years old, is quite literally not normal. From experience, I opened up my studio at 20 years old, and I started building the foundation for Stride at 19 years old. That is literally crazy. I started a YouTube career at 14, 14 years old. I was a teenager for my first career, and I was a literal 20-year-old for my second career. And here I am five years later, 25, and I can like confidently look in this camera and say that I still do not know what I want to do for the rest of my life. Do I love both of my careers? Absolutely, I do. But do I think it's my end all be all? End-all, be-all? Absolutely not. And I think that's totally okay. But it's taken me a long time to kind of honestly even come to terms with saying that because I felt a lot of guilt and like... I, you know, kind of paved a path for myself. Like I have to stick to it, but I don't think that's the case. I think the illusion with the nine to five life, the working world, the corporate culture, whatever it is that we're supposed to know what we want to do with our lives is just that an illusion. Like, do we ever really know? And I even think of some friends that I have that went to college and then go get their master's or they go on to medical school or they go into dental school and then orthodontic school or whatever it might be. And it's like, This set path that we create for ourselves at a young age, like we're making these decisions to go to get our master's, our PhD, medical school, whatever it might be at the ages of 22, 23, like when we are so young and so impressionable and so malleable. Um, And those are the people that we think have it all figured out. And if they do good for them, Like I think that's such an amazing thing to be confident and to know what you want to do early in life. But I think that they are the exception. They're the outliers. They are not the normal rule of society, but we are basing the exception off of, well, this is what everyone should do because it's aspirational. And don't we want to live in an aspirational kind of Environment where this person knows what they want to do, and that's, you know, the end all be all. So we should all know what we want to do, too. And I don't think that's. I don't think that's true. It's kind of like the movie He's Just Not That Into, you, where um, this, I forget her name, maybe Phoebe, she like goes on all these dates, and she's trying to figure out dating, and it's a really cute movie, but pretty much like the message of the movie is that we have these people that are the exceptions, and we make the exceptions the rule, when the exceptions can't be the rule. The exceptions is life is up in the, or the, the rule is life is up in the air, and we like to believe the exceptions, because it's fantasy, and it's romantic, and it's fun, and it's whatever. But it's just not reality. The reality is our interests change, our monetary needs change, our passions change, life happens. Like maybe we move or maybe we have kids or maybe we get married or maybe our parents become sick and we have to tend to them. Like whatever the circumstance is, the odds are that your first job is going to be your last is very low. I know personally, like I've come very full circle with my life. And when I was younger, I'm talking six, seven, eight years old, I wanted to be a hairstylist. That was like the first job that I wanted to be. I remember I would always like cut the the hair off of my dolls and I would design hair salons and like I just, I wanted to do hair. And then when I was 14, I got into makeup and then I kind of, you know, did my whole YouTube thing when I was in high school. And then after high school, I started my whole stride journey. And now I'm kind of just like coming full circle, like, hey, do I still want to do hair? Like, is that something that I would ever want to pursue? Like, do I want to go to hair school? Like these kinds of conversations that I'm just having with myself. And all of this is to say that, it is totally normal and it's totally okay to not have everything figured out in your 20s. And some of the best advice that I've ever heard, I'm going to loosely say it here, is to try on a million hats in your 20s and then just put them in the closet for later. You don't need to throw away the hats. You don't need to commit to a hat for the rest of your life. Just try some on for a while and set the others down while you have the time to try things on. When you have the time to experiment, when you don't have the mortgage, the 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 kids, the financial responsibilities, the financial pressures, and the burdens that adulthood throws at us. There is no crash course for being an adult, and even adults are experiencing life for the first time. And we look at adults and people that are older than us for guidance, but in reality, like we're all just human, you know, we're all just having this human experience together, figuring it out as we go. So Let's just like be easy on ourselves and be gracious with ourselves and be kind to ourselves and allow ourselves to grow and to evolve and to change and to erase the pressure of like oh, but this is the path that I set for myself three years ago. You're not the person that you were three years ago. It's okay to be different three years later and to change your interests and to change your career path. Like that's completely normal. So let's erase the stigma that it all needs to be figured out at such a young age, okay? Let's like bring the human back into this. With all that being said, yes, we do need to work because we need money to live. And that's just like the fact of the matter. So while working is part of the world, let's turn today's episode into how to enjoy your time after work so that it feels like you still have a life outside of work. On this podcast, we talk a lot about mornings and I will link um, my winter uglies episode down below where I talk about like an hour-long morning routine of you know filling yourself up before your work day, your school day. If you win the morning, you win the day. I really I really do believe in that. So I've talked countless times about winning your morning on this podcast, and I'll link one down below. But today I want to focus on what we can do to make us feel human and alive after the work day is over. Because if we just wake up and go to work and come home and sleep and and rinse and repeat, we are bound to feel like this doomsday groundhog's day cycle where we just live to work rather than work to live. And yes, some days are going to be utterly consumed by work and we just can't log off until 8 p.m. and then our brain is fried or the commute just takes so long that by the time we get home, we literally only have time to eat and shower and it's already 10, 30, 11 p.m. and it's time for bed. But all this is to say that it's all about balance and I will link an episode down below about balance as well, um, where I really kind of dive into that because the more I'm going through yoga teacher training and just talking about work and life experiences with friends and other people, it all comes back down to balance. And I feel like if we were to rename this podcast or to just talk about one thing for the rest of time, it would be balance and how life is quite literally a balancing act. But anyway. I'll link an episode down below on that if you guys are more interested. There are going to be days where work in itself is just all-consuming, but then there are also going to be days where you just have extra time. So on those days that you have the time or better yet, you choose to make the time, here is kind of like a guideline, an itinerary, if you will, for having a life outside of work where you're where you, where you just become yourself again. So this is essentially your six to nine after your nine to six. Okay. So I directed this into three categories and those three categories are hobby, social, and nourish, nourish. I feel like I said that weird. Nourish, nourish, tomato, tomato, nourish. You want to nourish yourself. Let's start with hobbies. Hobbies are so important because hobbies give you something to look forward to. So having a hobby after work is essentially giving you something to look forward to after work. Having a hobby is going to be the saving grace to your personality. In a world where we are asked, what do you do or who are you? We automatically answer with what we do for work. I'm a surgeon. I'm a student. I'm in sales. I own fitness studios. But really, I would love to answer more so with hobby-based answers such as, oh, like I'm someone that I practice yoga for fun or I like to read books or I find interest in space. Like whatever it is, having your hobby be more so your answer just is more interesting and self-fulfilling, I find. Hobby can be so many things. It can be working out. I think like the gym after work is a really great hobby to have and a really great way to end the work day. Also, it's a really great way to let out like stress and anxiety from work. I find that I'm typically like, here's an example. After yoga teacher training, I can't even believe how draining it feels sometimes, but it really is very draining. And the other day I took a yoga class after yoga teacher training and it was like the best thing I ever did because it totally like lit me back up when I felt like I had nothing left to give. I just felt really good after yoga teacher training. Um, So that can be an example of how you know, working out just really kind of re-energizes you again. So whether it's a gym or a studio, a walk, a run, a workout class at home, even though if you can go somewhere else after work, I think that would be a really great thing to have like a third place instead of just working home. It's really great for your mental health. A workout is a really great hobby, obviously for the mind, for the body, for the soul. It's just really, really good. To kind of get into a workout routine after work. Other hobby examples could be um, a walk after work without like the purpose of working out, just like to kind of move energy, a pottery class, a book club, super fun, starting a podcast. Okay. Like, for example, when I was in high school and college, my hobby was making YouTube videos. Like, I think about my school days when I was in school. I would, you know, go to school from seven to 2 30. And then I would come home, chill out a little bit. And then from like four to seven, I was making YouTube videos. And like that was really fun for me. That was my hobby. More hobbies include um, a puzzle, cooking, baking, knitting. I watched Brooke and Connor make a podcast, and Brooke always talks about knitting, and I think it's so cute. Writing. I have a friend that writes poems, and I think it's gorgeous. A part-time job that lights you up, whether it's another job or one that you do for yourself, like a side hustle. I think that's really exciting. Scrapbooking, coloring. I have this um, coloring book of yoga poses, and that's really fun to color. Anything that isn't your work that brings you joy and happiness and contentment is really, really important. I find that a lot of hobbies lean to the creative side, which for me really scratches that itch. You guys know that on this podcast, I talk a lot about how I feel like at my soul, like I'm really just a true creative. So having creative hobbies really feel good for me. So that I really like. If I may, I recommend a hobby two nights a week to have a hobby, if possible, three nights a week. Three is a really solid goal, but it's not always going to happen. And also I should say this, when I say weeknights, I think like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for some reason, I don't count Fridays. I think it's probably because the next day is a Saturday. So you can like kind of sleep in, you can go a little crazier on Friday nights. You don't have to wake up as early. You know, if we're typically talking that you work from like Monday to Friday, which not everyone does, but I'm just going with like an average here. Um, so yeah, I think two nights a week is a, is a great goal. Three nights a week would be really solid. In a perfect world, if I had to like lay out an itinerary of like how to have a life outside of work, I would hobby right after work. So if I'm done work at five, I am going to hobby at like 530. So yeah, find a hobby. My next tip is to have a social interaction. And what's really cool about social interactions is is that this can be combined into hobbies and into nourish, or it could be a thing on its own. Social interaction is really important, especially outside of work friends. I think coworkers, inevitably you're going to get close with because you spend a lot of time with them because you know, you're know you obviously at work with them. But I think having friends outside of work is also really important too. So social interaction can mean a lot of things. If you are trying to kind of incorporate this into a hobby, or you are just inevitably going to tie this into a hobby, you will get a lot of social interaction just from going to the gym or going to like a fitness studio with other people in that gym or in that class. And that in and of itself is really fun. Like, I don't know about you, but I just love people watching. So for me, sometimes like this is good enough, just being surrounded by other people and just not being alone. Even if I don't even talk to anyone, So sort of just being surrounded by others in silence is good enough for me. But there are a lot of times that I just crave like having a conversation with someone. So if you're in a book club, you'll talk to the people there. That's a really great form of social interaction. Um, Social interactions can also be intertwined with your hobbies if your hobbies lean more towards like the social side of things. So if you're in like a knitting club or a running club, like that's, you know, you have a conversation with people around you and your hobbies. I would advise to avoid your social interactions being scrolling through Instagram and TikTok because that's very one-sided and you're not actually having like a human interaction or a human experience with that. You're kind of just like experiencing someone else's day and you get no say of it. The exception to this is when you would call a friend and talk to them like on the phone or you FaceTime someone because you're technically having like a two-way conversation rather than just being consumed with the other person's life, you know, on the other side of the screen that you're not getting any feedback from. I find that podcast can scratch that Itch of, I don't feel alone throughout the day, which I find very important. Like when I'm working, like during the day, I find listening to a podcast is really soothing because I just don't feel alone. But having a conversation with someone that you know is a really important social interaction. Some other ways that you can have this, meeting up with friends for dinner, for happy hours, asking them to go to the gym with you, asking to have them over for dinner, going shopping, getting your nails done with them, going for a walk with a friend, going ice skating. It's a holiday time, so maybe you attend a light show with a friend for the holidays, things like that. Um, I find that that's a really great way to have a positive social Uh, interaction. In addition to that, if you live with roommates or your significant other, it is nice to sometimes like kind of like what I was saying at the gym, like just to be in company with other people feels really nice. Um, So even if you don't want to speak, like there are days where I come home and I'm like, I need to just be in silence, but I still want to be in the presence of other people. I find that it's really nice just like watch a TV show with someone else in the room or just to like read while like my boyfriend will play video games and like I'll just read a book. Like it's just nice to be in their presence um, and just to be surrounded by silence but with other people there. So having some sort of social interaction after work goes a really, really, really long way even if it's calling a friend on your drive home from your commute, it really does go a long way. And then the last pillar for having a life outside of work is nourishment. Um, And this one I broke down into a couple of things. So you need to nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. I find that that is so important. It's what keeps you human. It's what keeps you sane. It's just like, it's, you need this. So number one is to eat. You need to quite literally feed yourself It's very easy on busy days to go like one of either way where it's eat whatever you can find or not eat a satiating meal. I find depending on my cycle, I'm either ravenous or I'm like, yeah, I can just go to bed with cheese and crackers and like call it a day. So when I nourish myself, I like to really have the emphasis on cooking and having a really good dinner. So let's talk about cooking. First of all, I love cooking because it's that signal that the day is over and I'm beginning to wind down. So when I get home from work and I've done my hobby and my social interaction, you could also socially interact while you cook, like having like your friend, your boyfriend, whoever it is, just like sitting with you in the kitchen and just like talking or just again, being in that silence, but just having the presence of someone else. It's really, really nice and nourishing for me. Anyway, having that signal of like, okay, the day is done. I'm going to just begin to cook myself a meal, it is so relaxing and so unwinding and it just feels really, really good. So when it comes to cooking, having some meals in your quote unquote recipe book that are staples for you are really important. The easy fallback meals that are easy for you to cook and that taste delicious and are nice and satiating, simple, delicious meals to make are really important. I find that if I were to meal prep, I Don't really get as excited about eating the food as I would if I were to cook it. But there are also days where I'm just like so tired and I'm really hungry that the thought of cooking a meal is actually torturous. So I do appreciate meal prep on certain days. Other days I don't. I kind of just play it by ear. But. The days that I do cook, like I said, I really try to focus these on recipes and meals that I know I love, that I find delicious and satiating. So for me, some staples are like a turkey stir fry, lasagna soup, salmon bowls, tacos, things like that. They're easy and they're delicious, and they're just a good fallback to go on to. It's also really fun to experiment on Friday nights and Sunday nights for these more luxurious, glamorous meals. And then once you master those like fun meals, then you can kind of start adding them into your Monday through Thursday rotation once you have them simple and down to a science because Monday through Thursday, I like to have those meals be nice and simple, but still delicious nonetheless so I like to eat. That's a big part of the nourishment. Next up is showering. Literally rinsing the day off is so powerful and so symbolic. This can be a two minute shower. It could be a 20 minute shower. It really just depends on what kind of shower you're doing. If you're doing an everything shower, a hair washing shower, a body shower, whatever it is, having a shower at the end of the day is so symbolic. You're literally cleaning the day off yourself. When it comes to showering, you guys know that I'm also always going to recommend a towel warmer because it is so nourishing to get out of the shower and put on a towel warmer. If you throw on your pajamas in there or a robe, oh my God, you put on a warm towel, your warm pajamas, and then you lather up in your skincare. Oh my God, it's just stunning. Like what a way to end the day. You put on a pair of slippers, you go downstairs, you light a fire, you have a cup of tea. Oh, it's just... It's gorgeous. And then this brings you to the you time slash the unwinding time of the nourishment scene. Unwinding is so important to the nervous system. Your body needs the time to reset and recharge and quite literally detach from the day before you go to sleep. Otherwise, you're going to bring that day with you into your sleep. And then when you wake up the next day, you're going to bring your sleep with you to the next day because your subconscious never really got to fully rid yesterday. So now you're living today with yesterday and that is just not how you want to live. So every night it is really powerful to cleanse the subconscious and allow yourself to completely unwind. Some ways that I like to unwind reading, really great way to unwind. I also find that reading, if you're someone that tends to spiral and overthink at night, reading is a really good way to not do this because your mind can't spiral when it's focused on reading something. And reading is also a good way to detach the mind and keep the mind active yet mindless all at the same time. It's like a giant mind fog, but it's really good. So reading is awesome. You guys know for the rest of the year, I'll be reading Iron Flame because it's an 838-page book. Okay, next. Watching TV. Super mindless. Love to do it. Feels good. Yeah, man. What are you guys watching? Love Island Games just started, so I am watching that. It's so stupid and I'm obsessed. Another thing I like to do at night is journal, especially if I have thoughts in my mind that I just want to rid myself of, that I, I just can't really get out of my head or I want to work through something, I really do like to journal. Another option is to meditate. I tend to prefer to meditate in the beginning of the day. However, I know some people that like to meditate at the end of the day because it's just another way to kind of cleanse the subconscious and detox the mind. I wrote down rot. (laughs) It just feels good to like lay down and do nothing at the end of the day. Like, hey, if that's what it takes to cleanse the nervous system and unwind, like, I'm all for it. Rotting feels good. So, like, I'm gonna rot. Um, Some other things like my boyfriend, I talk about him a lot on this episode. Sorry, that's really annoying of me. He likes to play video games. So um, that's just how he calms down. It really suits his mind. My best friend, Lindsay, she also plays video games. So um just whatever feels good for you here to unwind. And unwinding can take anywhere from five minutes until you go to bed. So that could be five minutes, it could be 30 minutes, it could be one hour, it could be two hours, it could be three hours. But just having any sort of unwinding time I think is really, really important. So really to sum this up, the three ways to have a life outside of work is to have a hobby to have a social interaction and to unwind. And if you do those three things every single night, I really think you're going to feel a lot better when it comes to working every day, because working is something that we inevitably have to do, but you are allowed to enjoy your life outside of work. And sometimes it takes a conscious effort to find the time to enjoy your life outside of work. And that's, sometimes like that's just how it has to be, but it's important. Okay. Anyway, hobby, social interaction and nourish. Um, and then on top of this, errands get thrown in the mix. You just have to like go to the grocery store, get your nails done, go to the post office, Go to the dry cleaners like life happens and like that's just part of it. So I challenge, can you maximize efficiency in your errands and can you romanticize your errands after a draining day and when your brain is cooked? When it comes to grocery shopping, I think if you can order your groceries um, and then either pick them up on your way home from work or have them delivered is a really great way to be efficient with that. Save a podcast that you have been wanting to listen to all day for the drive home or do it while you run errands. So it kind of makes it more enjoyable. Can you meet up with a friend for running errands or getting your nails done? Then you can also like, you know, get that social interaction in as well. Can you get a tea while you run errands? I would say coffee, but at this point it's going to be like nighttime and you want to get a good night's sleep. So I would avoid caffeine. Um, But can you like stop by and just get like a decaf tea or something like that while you run errands? Just really romanticize this and make it fun and cozy and as efficient as you possibly can. Can you make all your errands after one day of work? You know, whatever it might be. So life still has to go on, but can you romanticize it? But yeah, This is my take and my input on working to live rather than living to work. Because let's face it, working is a part of life and it's not going anywhere. But I do encourage you to remember that if you hate what you're doing, it does not have to be your forever. And you ultimately are in control of your time before work and after work. So if that means you have to wake up earlier, and maybe go to bed a little bit later to enjoy your life, then so be it. It's just a season of your life and it doesn't have to be like this forever if you don't want it to. Sometimes you just have to go through the mud and you have to stick things out in order to financially afford to be able to quit this job and get a new one or to be able to level up and get the promotion that gives you more time. But I just want to remind you that like, it's not forever. It's just a season of your life. And while it might suck right now, it's not going to be like this forever. And if you are fortunate enough to be in a career or a job where you have a work-life balance, where you have time before work, you have time after work, you have time to explore, to try on different hats, to explore your passions, to make money off your passions, like really recognize how valuable and rare and precious that is. And to really maximize. Um, your time before and after work because it's um it's powerful and it's important to, to remember that you're human. So this is my six to nine after nine to six. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please be sure to rate this five stars on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. It helps the show so much. If you guys have not been watching this on YouTube, be sure to watch this on YouTube. And um, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you guys. And I will talk to you all in the next episode. Happy Manifest Monday, guys. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.